Welcome to MoFo Perspectives, a podcast by Morrison and Forrester, where we share the perspectives of our clients, colleagues, subject matter experts, and lawyers. Welcome to MoFo Perspectives. I'm your host, Dario DiMartino. I'm a corporate partner and co-chair of our blockchain practice. I am very pleased to be speaking today with my partner, Joyce Liu, who co-leads our trademark group, and of counsel, Paul Goldstein, the late professor of law at Stanford University. Joyce and Paul, thanks for being with us today. Glad to be here, Dario. Thank you for having us. Today, we'll be discussing non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, and more specifically, related IP issues. NFTs have taken the digital world by storm over the past few months. But before getting into some of the key IP issues with Joyce and Paul, I'll just take a few minutes to provide an overview and try to distill the unique characteristics of NFTs. To those who, like me, always try to put things in context, NFTs first gained popularity as part of the CryptoKitties craze in 2017. CryptoKitties allowed buyers to buy and trade digital versions of kittens. The market for those digital kittens rose steeply for certain rare items and then quickly fizzled. But NFTs have remained and their use has dramatically increased recently. Some in the cryptocurrency and entertainment fields have referred to NFTs as a game changer. So what are these NFTs? Well, NFT stands for non-fungible token. It is a form of digital representation of an asset that is stored on a blockchain-enabled database, which essentially allows anyone to track its provenance, authenticity, ownership, or transfer. Imagine uploading a file to a blockchain. In theory, any digital content can be minted into an NFT, any file, a JPEG, meaning digital images, or an MP3, meaning digital sounds. Think photographs, songs, tweets, memes, video games, items, or more traditionally, a digital deed to real estate. Now, the beauty of NFTs is that they allow uniqueness of a digital item. NFTs are non-fungible because unlike other cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin or Ether, NFTs are not interchangeable with one another. Think of a dollar bill, right? That is fungible. Similarly, a single Bitcoin is fungible. It doesn't matter what dollar bill or Bitcoin I have, as long as I have a dollar bill or one Bitcoin. So I think it's important to stress that an NFT is a digital representation of an asset. It reflects ownership, but not the actual asset. It is not a content file in and of itself. It does not contain digital art or a video clip, which itself may have intrinsic value. Rather, the NFT is a unique cryptographic key contained within a digital token that verifies the corresponding content file as genuine and establishes a record of ownership as it is transferred on a blockchain. For example, a deed to real estate could be embodied and stored on a blockchain as an NFT, which could then be transferred from the seller of the property to a buyer as a means of recording the sale transaction and new ownership. So 
NFTs present significant new opportunities for content creators, owners, and marketplaces, but they also present novel legal issues and risks from securities laws to consumer protection laws, data privacy, environmental laws, anti-money laundering, sanctions, and of course, intellectual property. Today, we're going to discuss the key IP issues that come up when affecting a transaction relating to NFTs. So let me start with Paul. Paul, what are the key IP implications for NFTs? Sure, Dario. From a copyright perspective, the implications are straightforward. When you acquire an NFT that may refer to an image, let's say, uh, you are acquiring not any rights in the image itself, but only ownership of the image. An overly uh, simplified example would be when you go to an art gallery and purchase a work of art, uh, a framed a framed canvas, and bring it home, you have at that point acquired ownership only of the painting and not of the underlying rights to exploit, to copy, to distribute, to to perform, display the the painting. But that oversimplifies a bit because as you pointed out, the NFT itself does not embody the painting, but rather it refers to it. It's sort of a certificate of title. So the more precise analogy would be if you purchase that painting from a, a gallery and said, you know, I want to leave it with the gallery for safekeeping. It's a very valuable painting. And the gallery gives you a receipt, a certificate of ownership. Once again, that gives you an entitlement to the image, but not to the underlying rights. You have that receipt in your hand just as you would uh, have that kind of claim through an NFT. Got it. Thank you, Paul. So if I understand this correctly, the work must be either a work created in a digital medium, right? Think about the digital collage consisting of 5,000 works by the artist known as Beeple, also known as Mark Winkleman, that recently sold for $69 million, or a digital image of a physical work, such as a painting or sculpture. That's exactly right. You know, an example of the latter would be the very popular uh, sports clips, uh, I think for coming out of the National Basketball Association, uh, which would be a traditional copyrighted work, a non-digital work that can itself be subjected to an NFT. Got it. So, so that means that an NFT can be tied to a physical object, but it is not the object itself. I think it's important to remind market participants of that very key distinction. Right. Great. So so it seems like NFTs can be transformative in some respects, but are also not without potential risk. Everybody has heard about the market for NFTs recently really exploded. And, and some buyers have also shown an appetite for bragging about ownership rights of the NFTs associated with popular or even iconic works. But some content creators have complained that their work has been used or technically tokenized into an NFT without their permission. So what happens if a copyrighted work is minted as an NFT without the copyright owner's permission? 
Once again, uh, the copyright implications are straightforward. Motion picture companies will live in mortal fear of taking an image uh, you know, for a, a, on a set that has in it some copyrighted work hanging on the wall. And if they go ahead and reproduce that image without permission from the uh, owner of the copyright in the painting, or let's say it's a billboard appearing on a street in the case of a documentary, uh, they are subject to a copyright infringement suit by the copyright owner. It would be no different for the uh, NFT marketer uh, that is doing the same with a copyrighted work. Got it. Joyce, what do you think? Would you like to add anything? Yes, thanks, Mario. So NFTs can open the door to other IP issues, depending on the work or asset that's being referenced by the NFT. So for example, as Paul just mentioned, there's been a lot of press coverage lately about NFTs associated with athletes, artists, and other famous people. One new NFT product is called NBA Top Shot, which is comprised of basketball player video highlights that are licensed by the NBA and that can be traded by fans on an NFT platform. Tweets from well-known Twitter accounts have even been sold as NFTs. In this type of market, I think the most important thing to know is that if you want to commercially exploit the name image or likeness of another person, you need the consent of that person. Almost every state in the U.S. recognizes an individual's right of publicity, which, by the way, is not limited to celebrities. There is an important caveat to this. You may be able to avoid liability if your use of somebody else's name, image, or likeness is incidental or inadvertent. To infringe under the law, the use generally has to be made with an intent to profit from publicizing that person. That's very interesting. Thank you, Joyce. So it seems like name and, and likeness rights constitute a further set of rights that may be infringed by the creation of sale of NFTs, correct? That's correct. And what about trademarks? How do NFTs implicate these rights? It's the same analysis under traditional trademark law just recontextualized with NFTs. So the question is, does the use of the trademark cause a likelihood of confusion in the NFT market? In other words, will someone be confused into thinking that an NFT was issued or sponsored by a specific company or person when that is not the case? Now, when we're talking about an NFT that leverages a person's name, image, or likeness, we also have to consider a different claim. There is a potential claim for false endorsement in that context. Many people don't realize that trademark law doesn't just protect against confusion from traditional trademarks, like brands and logos. It also applies to the use of a person's name, image, or likeness to endorse a product. We call this an individual's persona, and that persona is treated just like a trademark in this context. For NFTs, the key question is going to be whether this creation or sale of an NFT that invokes somebody's name, image, or likeness is likely to confuse customers into thinking that that person has sponsored the NFT. 
when he or she has not. Great. So because NFTs are a barely developed area of commerce, it is possible that some NFT holders may allege that they misunderstood the extent to which they acquire rights when they purchase an NFT. So what are the potential claims that buyers of NFTs may have against marketplaces? Well, contract governs, and we have you know, a fair amount of case law uh, evolving out of the, the World Wide Web generally on the enforceability of terms of use. And those terms would seem to apply here as well. Those are upheld, uh, even though they're in fine print and uh, very few people I know actually read them uh, front to back. They are nonetheless binding terms. Uh, and I would imagine they would be enforced unless, of course, they were you know, overwhelmingly uh, inappropriate. I agree with Paul. I think the adage buyer beware applies with full force to NFTs. I would expect any legitimate NFT platform to have extremely detailed terms of use that make clear what exactly a consumer is purchasing with an NFT. And as we discussed at the beginning, at the end of the day, you're rarely acquiring the underlying IP in the work, such as the copyright itself. The terms of use should limit what you can or can't do with that work. And if the terms of use are clear, anyone that buys an NFT for an exorbitant amount of money really does so at his or her own risk. Got it. So it seems like the recommendation is for marketplaces to make sure to draft terms of use very carefully and for potential buyers to read those terms of use. Certainly before laying out $69 million, I'd, I'd give it a careful read. Yes, that, that would make sense to me. Um, great. This has been a great conversation. Is there anything else that NFT platforms or NFT marketplaces should pay attention to? You referred earlier to uh, NFTs as being a game changer. And as, as we discussed, it's not much of a game changer for IP so far. But I think NFTs to some extent and blockchain more generally promises to be a huge game changer uh, for intellectual property law going forward. The, you know, just in the case of NFTs, the one point we didn't discuss is it's not uncommon uh, in, in the case of these NFTs for the purchaser of an NFT to promise upon resale of the NFT to give a portion of the, uh, the gain in value back to the original owner. This is something that has an equivalent in copyright type law, uh, the artist's resale right, which has always been difficult to enforce and has not been widely applied. Here by contract and using the genius of, uh, of blockchain technology, this could be completely automated as all the sales will, will be traced. Even more generally, and not too far in the future, I think that the smart contract part of blockchain uh, is going to play a tremendously important role in the enforcement and management of, of copyrights. Just to give an example, one of the most common uh, sources of copyright infringement litigation in the case of images today 
is where a textbook publisher has obtained licenses to reproduce images, photographic or other images, in a textbook. There may be 5,000 images in that textbook, each with its own license, each coming from a different photographer or, or stock agency. And those turn into lawsuits when the publisher has failed to monitor uh, the time. It may be a three-year license, and the book is now going into a new edition in the fourth or fifth year, uh, and they just haven't tracked because there are so many rights to track. Uh, they haven't tracked that particular one. That's a copyright infringement. The beauty of blockchain is that it can monitor that and through those uses and through smart contracts can automatically let the publisher know when it needs to renegotiate a license. It could actually renegotiate the license on preset terms. But we can expect all of the friction associated with licensing to be reduced significantly uh, in this and other kinds of copyright transactions by blockchain. That sounds like a match made in uh, crypto heaven. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Well, this has been a very interesting conversation. So thank you, Paul and Joyce. And until next time. Thank you. Thank you, Dario. Please make sure to subscribe to the MoFo Perspectives podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like more information on this topic, please visit mofo.com slash podcasts. Again, that's mofo, M-O-F-O dot com slash podcasts.